Located in the heart of Banff National Park, a UNESCO World Heritage Site, the world-famous Banff Springs Hotel stands as a landmark in the picturesque alpine town of Banff, Alberta, in Canada. Canada's Castle in the Rockies has been providing the legendary hospitality to guests for more than 130 years. Since it opened to the public in 1888, the hotel has seen history, celebrity and rebuilds, and it's also seen tragedy. Millions of guests have checked in, but a few have never checked out. Some people even believe that they still roam the halls of the iconic concrete castle in the Rockies today. This popular Alberta vacation spot has allegedly set the scene for horrific murders, suicides and terrible accidents. Rooms have been boarded up and the paranormal are frequently recorded. Welcome to this week's episode of the True Hauntings podcast. My name is Anne Rekovich. And I'm Renata Daniel, and we welcome you to join us as we investigate the famous Rocky Mountains Hotel in Banff. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Oh my God, Renata, you said the word Banff. <laughs> we, we had a slight uh, hiccup trying to record that opening um, segment there where poor Renata had a wheezing fit oh. because she just couldn't say the word Banff. <laughs> ba- ba- Banff. Banff. <laughs> I'm trying to fit the N and F in and obviously you don't. It's a Banff. It's as simple as that. I can't. But it's, it's because it's, it's a double F. You've got to give Banff. <laughs> oh, listeners, oh, you're going to be stop. bored listening to that going on and on. <laughs> we, like Literally, we've recorded three minutes of us giggling hysterically to the point I had to put her out of the room oh. so I could record that first part. I'm sorry. Oh, it was but, fun. But yeah. I have to say that this episode triggered me, Renata. Did it? It did because I looked at the beautiful, beautiful pictures of this hotel in the Rocky Mountains in Canada. Rocky Mountains in Canada? It is the Rocky Mountains in Canada. And um, I just, my travel bug was biting me so hard. I just wanted to get out of the house and go somewhere. Yeah, I know. But, oh, you got to yeah. sla- slap that travel bug. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spray it with some uh, bug off. <laughs> mm. Maybe on that note, we will get on with the story. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if... Say you had an extra hour in your day. Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you. 
and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Hey, Mike. I was very happy when I found your site regarding the Banff Springs Hotel. My hubby and I just got back from a week-long getaway. It was amazing. The amount of history in that place blows your mind. I was hoping that you might know a bit more about some of the details regarding the spirits of the hotel. Right from the time my hubby and I reached our floor, there was definitely an uneasy presence. Sometimes I'm not bothered by the vibes they give, although this one was unsettling. We stayed on the 7th floor, room 730. When we entered the room, it felt very distant. I'm not sure how to explain it. I had a very uneasy feeling. There was definitely someone there. Not wanting to ruin my trip, I tried to ignore it the best I could. When I would get a glance of him, or felt him there, I I looked the other way. Ignoring it for the first few days was working great until one of my massage girls mentioned that when she came to get me, she felt something else with me. Once someone else had confirmed it, I did pay more attention, which was very distracting. After my massage, when we were on our way back to our room, I I grounded myself. I was very polite and told it it was time to go that they didn't need to be here anymore. That night, which happened to be my birthday, I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the washroom. When I opened my eyes, I was paralysed. I was scared. I could not move. It felt like I was being pushed into the bed. I tried calling for my husband to wake up, but I had no voice. I could feel something over the top of me. Then after a few minutes, it, it went away. The last few days of the trip were good. Our hotel room after that seemed a bit more relaxed. 
I would get pings of energy through the hotel, but not the kind of negativity I experienced in our room. On the last day, my hubby went down to start the truck. I was in the room alone. I glanced across the room and instantly the picture of a little girl sitting on the chair in the corner popped into my head. She sat swinging her feet. So I said, goodbye. I was wondering if you have ever come across any other spirits' real names. This little girl really had my attention. I wish you would have come to me before I had to leave. Thanks, Bree. So, Renata, that soundscape today came from an amazing uh, website that you sent me the link for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just everybody's stories from the Banff Hotel, mm-hmm. the Fairmont Banff. And it was um, you got to look, Taxi Mike. you got to look a long way through before you find that. Yeah, yeah. TaxiMike.com this one was. Uh, and this was a lady called Bree who had obviously had some sort of experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've read you her story. Mm-hmm. So that's actually happened to someone. Mm-hmm. The issue with this particular story was that um, even though the stories are well known about the ghosts at this particular hotel, it's again one of those stories that is just repeated, mm-hmm. literally word for word. Every site that every is, yep. site we went to, it was the same information yeah. over and over. But I did find a few little gems, mm-hmm. which I will share with you when it gets to my turn. Now, Renata, I can see you got pages and pages of notes there. Oh, you will be so happy that it's just one page today, <laughs> and you're going to shut me up a lot earlier than normal. Oh no, that means I've got to talk for longer, and people don't <laughs> want to listen to me; they want to hear you wheeze. Uh-huh. So the Banff Springs Hotel, oh, here we go, is um, – let me start again. <laughs> it's just going to keep happening all the way through. Just roll with it. So the Banff <laughs> – Shall we just say so the, the Springs Hotel? The B Springs Hotel, as it's commonly known, first opened in 1888 in Alberta and it was built by the Canadian Pacific Railway because – they built the railway and then they thought, we better offer something along the railway for people to stop at and spend their money. Ooh. So they went ahead and they built or instigated the building of a number of different hotels along that railway. And I have to say, the pictures of this place, and we'll get Christy to pop a, a picture up on the, the True Hauntings uh, Facebook page, it is spectacular. Mm, and I actually found a picture of uh, the earlier one that was there oh. on fire. Oh, yes, I think I saw that one, yes. So the city of Banff and the hotel was named after the first European settler in this region of Canada, William Davidson, who was born in Banff, Scotland. You've nailed it now. You've got it down. No, because I'm saying Banff with an M, not an N, sorry, but that's the only way I can stop myself from giggling. Anyway, (laughs) since it opened, the hotel has welcomed guests from British royalty to Marilyn Monroe, who apparently was filming a movie and twisted her ankle and had to stay there and recuperate, (gasps) to William Churchill, 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that far across the pond to get over to uh, Canada from England. No. Because we were looking at flying to New York and then pop- popping over to England from there mm-hmm. when we can travel. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I was surprised at how quick it was to get from there to there. I'm jealous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we need to be away for like four months straight, I think. Oh, just a year. Let's just do that. Okay. Banff Springs Hotel is one of Canada's Grand Railway Hotels, as I said, built by the Canadian Pacific Railway. The present hotel is made up of two main buildings, an 11-storey tower and the main block of the hotel. It was designed by Walter S. Painter, uh, and the construction for the tower building or the centre wing began in 1911 and was completed in 1914. So there was a smaller wooden building that mm-hmm. was constructed to begin with that would have been constructed by the Canadian Pacific Railway just to sort of start that point of let's stay here. And did you read about the stuff up that they had with that original hotel? Yes, it's here. Oh, okay, it's I'll be here. quiet because that's, yeah, that's yours. The main block of the hotel was erected in 1927 to 28 and replaced the original wooden hotel that was destroyed by fire. We'll go into that in a minute. The original structure was a five-storey wooden building and uh, abling 280 guests to stay and was designed by Bruce Price. The original building was shaped in a H design and included an octagonal central hall with an additional wing extending from it towards the Bow River. The building was clad in shingles with stone accents. Tiered verandas were situated at each end of the wings. In 1888, the whole structure cost $250,000, which would have been pretty much a huge, huge amount. And a mistake was made by the builder who changed the intended orientation of the building, turning its back onto the mountain vista. Yeah. So he had them looking out the wrong way. Super. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) So this building included more than 100 bedrooms centred on a five-storey octagonal rotunda. Uh, Vice President of the Railway, Van Horn, made the famous line, if we can't export the scenery, we'll import the tourists. Oh, Mm. yeah. And the going rate in 1888 for a Banff Springs hotel room was a whopping $3.50. Ooh. Have you looked at the prices these days? Yeah, no, I didn't. Oh, no. I'll tell you later. <laughs> so there was an addition um, in 1902 and... It was expanded and renovated, adding another 200 rooms. Did they get the the view right that time? Yes. By 1906, plans were made for a complete overhaul of the Banff Springs Hotel building, proposing a replacement of much of the original structure. So Walter Painter, Chief Architect for Canadian Pacific Railway, designed an 11-storey central tower in concrete and stone flanked by two wings, this time correctly orientated To the dramatic view, the so-called Painter Tower was completed in 1914 at a cost of $2 million with 300 guest rooms and for some time it was the tallest building in Canada. Oh, wow. And it is quite tall when you look at it. Yep. I know which room they'd put us in. Yeah. It'd be the very top one where there is absolutely no (laughs) lift. (laughs) 
And this is where when Absolutely. we when we travel together, I try pulling the aged card. And I do this all the time. I'd go, oh look, she's she's you know. Yeah, for me, for me. I'd point out, I'm travelling with a lady and, like, she's a bit older. Is there any chance we can get a room a little bit lower down or someone to help our bags? It never worked because we'd always go for the cheapest rooms. (laughs) Just let me finish this this sentence and I'll I'll go back to a situation we had in Scotland. And this was before you, right? With that other friend we won't talk about. Hello, Gail. Hi, Gail. (laughs) Construction of new wings was delayed by World War I and the surviving price wings continued in service. Now, before I go on, before I go on, story about this, we were in Scotland and uh, we booked this fabulous historic place um, and it was beautiful, perfect, absolutely wonderful, near water and there were historic sites all the way around it and everything. The name of the place escapes me right now. Um, But when we arrived, there was this gentleman at the reception desk, mm-hmm. and of course, we've arrived with bags. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is, you arrive, you go into the car park, and the whole car park is gravel. Oh, so when you, you have bags, drag your bag. <laughs> when you have bags that are filled, because <laughs> this was our last spot. Oh, on... and you've bought books all the way around as well, knowing <laughs> you, you cannot. <laughs> You cannot get your bags across gravel. No. So, ladies and gentlemen, just know you cannot get heavy bags. Oh, I do. I just drag holes right through the gravel. They get these marks. And so, by the time we've entered the hotel, we've already got a sweat up, right? (laughs) And of course, the the gentleman looks at us and, and, like, you know, there's only two of us. Why even bother? And um, he gives us literally the highest room in the whole building. And yeah. there are stairs and then there's a walkway and then there's stairs and then there's another staircase and then there's stairs. We don't know this at this point. Um, so we've asked, is there anyone that could help us with our bags? Mm-hmm. And he looks at us and goes, no. <laughs> really? No. I'm the no. only one here. No. Okay. All right, and so then our journey begins. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> I reckon you would have heard us through this whole hotel <laughs> as we swore all the way up. Yes, and literally, when you think you're there, no, there's another turn. That reminds me of that place that we stayed at, um, Sher- Sherwood Forest. Is it? Yes. Oh, now we got our own back. Right, yep. because when we were leaving, of course, we had even more stuff by then. Yes, of course. And we got to the last staircase that's right next to the reception, mm-hmm. right? And we were broken. <laughs> Bring the Did bags you cry? Down. We were broken. <laughs> and so we placed our bags on the um, stairs flat down, mm-hmm. right, with the idea that we're going to push these bags <laughs> oh, down no. the last oh. bit and just let them go. Oh. <laughs> so and like that's what, surfing down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we did. We went, stuff you. He was there. He was yeah. there. And so that's what we did with our bags. We just let them fly down the end. You should have sat on them as you went down. That would have oh. been fun. <laughs> I do remember one that we stayed at Ross Castle in County Meath, and it's one of those square towers. And um, we could have stayed somewhere on the ground floor, but I did. I didn't think about this sort of thing then. It was I wasn't as experienced in my travel, <laughs> and I saw that there was a room on the top floor that over, had the best views and mm-hmm. overlooked the lake and everything like that. So I went, "Let's do that one, Roman." Mm-hmm. That's when I used to travel with my husband. Poor old Roman, he just worked so hard. Anyway, 
um, we got there and we our bags were heavy. We had a big bag each and we started the journey up the stairs. And all of a sudden the stairs disappeared to these hanging stairs. Oh, I hate Because the, within the castle, the stairs had deteriorated. Mm-hmm. So they had used these hanging stairs. Oh, no. We've got the, like, I'm not a little girl. So I'm my lard ass is going up there <laughs> with my giant suitcase and the stairs are swinging in the breeze and I'm trying to get these oh, freaking no. sick with my husband, Roman. And I, I was beside myself. <laughs> I thought I was going to plummet to my death <laughs> down below. But it was a great view. It was a fantastic view. And we need to get on with the story. Oh, yes, sorry. Sorry. We sorry. digress. I will have to do one podcast just of our oh, yes. <laughs> misadventures. Go over to anyway. YouTube. Watch it. So a, <clears throat> a devastating fire in 1926 burned the north wing of the hotel to the ground. And there is actually a photo of this that's available. Uh, and we will find it and put it on our True Hauntings Facebook page for you all mm-hmm. because it's it's devastating to see. From 1927 to 1928, a $9 million budget was reserved to complete painters' plans. Construction commenced for a new north wing and south wing made out of steel and concrete, placed at angles to the centre tower and faced with rundle stone. The hotel rooms were done in a variety of styles, along with the opulent interiors of the halls of the hotel, which displayed oak panelling on its walls, stained glass, a marble fountain, extensive use of tindal stone, Tiffany sconces, coffered ceilings and lime flagstone on the floor. I don't know about you, but all of that's made me very hungry. (laughs) Sconces, not scones. There's limes in there and there's all sorts of things. Yeah, and look... They have outdone themselves, and I think it's it's it is a bit of a mishmash of styles. It is, it is, but it it also looks very sort of gothic. It does. So the years between 1942 and 1945 closed the hotel's doors due to the Second World War. The post-war clientele changed to include the middle class who now had access to travel opportunities only available to the elite of the past. And we need to remember this every time we look at stories that are associated with haunted buildings because if it is anything of a superior class or standard, then rarely before the wars, the only people that went there were the elite, Mm -hmm. those that had money, or the poor people that actually worked there. Yeah. So the middle class, it was a no-go zone. Yeah. Still is. (laughs) Furthermore, in the development of the hotel's history, it was not until 1969 that the hotel opened its doors to Four Seasons Tourism. They called it the like the wintering, I think. So they made it safe for people to go in all seasons so it had to be warm enough and cool enough for yeah. people to be able to because some of those places get snowed in yes. too yes now the next big leap where a lot of money was in instilled into restoration and renovation was 1987 with the coming of 19 of the 1988 winter olympic games oh, yes. and they put in a hundred million dollars that's my pocket money. For restoration, <laughs> restoration, renovation. The hotel prides itself on being a destination of distinction and thus they are meticulous about maintenance, presentation and upkeep of the design. So in 1997, they added a further $8 million in restoration work and the clientele of the 1990s then started to ask for more. They wanted conference spaces 
And it was during this time that Calgary architects Carruthers, Marshall and Associates took on that task and they put in another $25 million for That's a more lot of renovation. Yep. A lot of money going in there. So finally, in 1995, um, the architects completed the luxurious new spa for the hotel with a budget of $12 million. Oh, blimey. So I guess in saying all of that, we can see how much money they have absolutely thrown at this place since World War One. Yeah. Uh, to keep it up to standard and keep moving ahead mm. for what the clientele going into the Rockies are after. Because most of the clientele are after the hiking, which mm -hmm. is in that area. It's a big hiking area place mm -hmm. of course you've got the spas there and people come to rest and rejuvenate uh, and just being in amongst that beautiful view mm. I mean we've seen some photos and we've looked at um, some of the YouTube channels that mm -hmm. take you through the hotel and you can be sitting there and you just look out the window and there is the most beautiful, beautiful mountain view ever. It reminded me a little bit of when we were in Romania, sitting on the veranda, drinking our coffee and just looking out over the Carpathian Mountains and yes. that road winding around and the river down there and a, yes. a dead bear. But that's bear. okay. <laughs> the bears. The bears. <laughs> and the palinka. Oh, let's not mention palinka. That, that still yeah. traumatises me. Okay, so let's get on to the ghost stories because the Ghost stories are really, really um, very, very well known to the point where I looked uh, many years ago uh, at, and you'll probably talk about the bride story. Yes, I will. The bride story is so famous um, in that area that uh, Calgary and Canada actually put out a coin and a stamp. Yes. And I have that coin and stamp. I know. I remember when we were watching the YouTube things and I mentioned it and you've gone, oh my God, I've got that. Yes, because I, well, I have a cousin living in Canada. Oh. And when it came out, I said, I get must, me one. I must have that. Get me one. And where is it now? Uh, it's sitting in a um, very special place. Yeah, got no idea, do you? <laughs> I think I do, but if I when I find it, I will put a photo of it up on um, the YouTube. Uh, not, would, not on YouTube, yeah, on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, the True Hauntings Facebook page. Yes. You can join us on there and also Anne and Renata, hyphen, frightfully good. At the Athlete's Foot, the perfect shoe is all about fit. Fit for the running track, fit for the trails, for work or the playground. And above all, fit for your feet. Your perfect shoe is about more than just the right size. It's your personal best. So find yours at the Athlete's Foot. Now that's fit. Um, all right, so what I've done is I've I've taken the, the most well-known ghosts and I've got a little description of it and then I've got a story from uh, Taxi Mike oh, nice. to go with it. Mm -hmm. So I thought that would be a nice way to present it today. Yes. So the first one we're going to mention is The Bride. Mm -hmm. Now, The Bride of Banff Springs is perhaps the most active one in the hotel and as you said, she's appeared on Stamps and Coins. Now, it goes back to the 1920s but there's actually two legends associated with the, the death of this bride. The story goes that on the young couple's wedding day, the bride, decked out in her wedding gown, descended one of the hotel's marble staircases. Something startled her, causing her to slip and fall. Some say she caught her heel in the hem of her dress. Now, with that, obviously, she would have tumbled down the stairs. She broke her neck and she died. But the other theory is that she was coming down the stairs 
and one of the candles that lit the stairs um, made her dress catch fire and she fell down the staircase that way. Either way, she broke her neck in the, neck in the fall mm. and never got to get married. Wow. Oh, bless. So apparently her spirit is seen on the stairs quite often. Mm-hmm. They've also reported that they've seen a veiled figure moving up and down the stairs. They've seen a figure in a wedding dress dancing in the ballroom upstairs, pining for the first dance with her husband that she never had. Wow, how sad is that? Oh, now, we've got a story from Jules. Mm-hmm. This is uh, um, from taximike.com. Uh, Hi, I stumbled upon your site and wanted to share something that happened to me. My fiancé and I took a tour of the Banff Springs last fall as we were considering it as a wedding venue. After the official tour from the coordinator, we decided to loop back and explore a little on our own. We were going down the staircase that the bride allegedly fell on, my fiancé a couple of stairs ahead of me, when I overstepped myself and my heel slipped off the stair. Sure that I was going to fall, I went to grab onto the closest thing to me and yelped, but before I had a chance to make contact with anything, I felt a pair of arms behind me grab my waist and pull me back onto balance. I definitely was pitched too far forward by that point to correct myself, and the force seemed to just set me back up straight without any overcorrection. I'm not one of those people that generally believes in ghosts, but the physics of the whole scenario just seemed too impossible, and part of me can't help but think, maybe that bride found a chance to help another one. I'd love to hear your take on it. Jules. What an awesome story. Isn't that fabulous? And wow. It, it links up the fact that she was looking at having her wedding there. Yes. And um, the bride saved her from the same doom. Wow. Oh, I do like it when I get things that link up like that. All right, now, hopefully the dogs have all settled down out there. Uh, we're going to go on to the next most famous one that's there. And this is Sam the Bellman. Yes. I, I love this one. It's yes. just so beautiful. So he's not a a dark entity at all, like the bride's not a dark entity. He's supposed to be helpful and cheery um, and is quite often mistaken for a live employee. Mm -hmm. Now, this is an actual person who worked there. His name was Sam McCauley, and he was an old Scotsman uh, who was the head bellman there during the 60s and the 70s. Now, supposedly his ghost is a quite helpful spirit, and most of the stories that mention him actually relating to uh, a service that he uh, has done to help out staff who are too busy to help. Mm-hmm. Now, the one that kept popping up in every single feed that I could find was a, a story about two elderly women. Could be us, Renata. <laughs> Who can't get their key to work yet? Ah, yes, I remember. That could be us. Yes, I remember reading this, yes. (laughs) Okay, so two elderly women calling the bell desk for assistance after they found their key would not work. (laughs) The regular bellman was occupied with other duties and didn't respond for 15 minutes. Oh, my God, 15 minutes. I would have been beside myself. How dare they I'd want a free coffee by then. Uh, By the time he arrived at their door, it was unlocked. One of the women said an older bellman in a plaid jacket, matching Sam's description exactly, had helped them. That's, that's awesome. That's a helpful ghost. 
Other stories, including uh, seeing Sam in his old office, which is now a guest room. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's other apparitions around the hotel, filling cold spots on the 6th, 7th and ninth floors of the hotel. So apparently Sam just loved this hotel. And even after he retired, he kept coming back and visiting. Mm. And he actually said, I will come back and haunt this hotel. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they've got another little story here. Um, Sam loved the hotel so much. Fellow bellman Dave Moberg remembers Sam retiring several times, but always returning to work at the hotel. Before his death in 1976, he promised to haunt the hotel from the beyond. Shortly after Sam's death, David says a bellman wearing an old-fashioned uniform and matching Sam's description mysteriously appeared to help the two said women. Uh, Another guest reported seeing a bellman matching Sam's description walk right through a wall. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Love it. Now, I've got another little story here. Once again, from TaxiMike.com. Hi, Mike. It's been a couple of years since I stayed at the Banff Springs Hotel, but I wanted to share one particular experience I had while there. When I first arrived at the hotel, I didn't know anything about it being haunted. In fact, one of my first memories of the hotel was us being passed by Bellman in haste. It wasn't until later that evening when we were leaving for dinner out the front doors that I made the connection that the first Bellman's attire was completely different than the attire from the other bellman at the front door. The bellman I had seen was wearing a green jacket with gold embellishments. He was also wearing the stereotypical bellman's hat in the matching colour. He was holding brown luggage when he literally raced right past us. It wouldn't be until a few months later that I'd make the connection of what I had potentially witnessed. So I rang the Banff Springs Hotel to clarify if any bellmen have sported the green attire. Fortunately for me, the concierge informed me that one of their bellmans, who had been employed with the hotel since the mid-1970s, was on staff and she could ask him. When the concierge got back on the line, she relayed his response to me. He said that since he had been employed with the Banff Springs Hotel, the bellmans have never sported green attire. She then went on to inform me that if I was inquiring because of Sam the Ghost, that he had worked at Banff Springs Hotel up until the 1960s. Nobody on staff could confirm what the attire would have been like for the bellmans during that era. I would love to know if anyone has any old pictures of him in his work attire. That way I could find out if I really did see Sam. Awesome. Lisa. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And that she's asked for a photo so Mm. that she could prove to herself that what she saw was I I do like the logic of some of these people and what they're coming up with. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. Um, I, I have one more Sam story. Yeah. I, I, I hope you'll let me indulge in another story because they're just so good and this is experiences people have had. Mm-hmm. All right. I stayed at the Banff Springs Hotel uh, Thursday, January 8th, 2010 to Sunday, the 31st of January, 2010. My mum had planned a weekend getaway there to celebrate my 20th birthday. So my story starts with our check-in. We got there late, late Thursday night, maybe checking in around 10.30 p.m., When we pulled up, we were greeted by a man who was African-American wearing glasses. He seemed very nice, but he was wearing an outfit that no one else seemed to be wearing. He wore a black hat and suit from head to toe, exposing no skin, just a face. 
he had gotten all our luggage out and put it in the lobby while my mum went to the car park around the back. This left time for myself and my best friend Jen to talk to this odd bellman. Both of them looked down and saw his name tag and it read Sam. Me and my friend looked at each other knowing it was such a coincidence that this bellman had the exact same name as the ghost and this Sam man looked nothing like the white, white-haired man that was on the internet so we thought nothing of it. He asked us what our names are and we told him and then he asked what we were there for and we said my 20th birthday. He And he asked where we were from and we replied Calgary. So we ended our convo and ran out to get our mum. When we returned this odd bellman was nowhere in sight and we thought nothing of it. He must run off somewhere else. The next morning my best friend and I ran down the stairs to the lobby and saw an exact look-alike of the bellman that had helped us the night before. So excited that we have a new friend, we ran up to him, and this time he seemed different. So we say hi because it's nice to see a familiar face. He asks us what our names are. My friend and I look at each other like, shouldn't he already know this? Then he asked us where we were from and why we are at the hotel. And I was like, haven't we told you all this last night? And he said, it's nice to meet you. My name's Tony. My friend and I were shocked because his name tag read Sam. Loud and crystal clear the night before. No one could explain this at the hotel and the front desk and guest services said that they have no one under the name Sam as an employee and that Tony has every Tuesday and Thursday off. So there is no way Tony was the one helping us late Thursday night. The only explanation is that Sam, the bellman, morphed himself to look exactly <laughs> like the hotel ambassador, Tony. To this day, we get scared thinking that we met Sam and we didn't even know it until we left. We even asked Tony if he owns another name tag or goes by the name Sam as a nickname or something. And he said no. And that is his only name tag, Tony. That's weird. Isn't it great? <laughs> wow. Um, I, I can't help that somebody might have been taking the piss of them and yeah. somebody's dressed up and it might have been like a fancy dress or something that night or who knows. Yeah. It yeah. just, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I can't see that the white old Scotsman with the grey white hair has turned into an African-American That's, man in a suit with that, a top hat. <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. All right. That is true. Let me continue on with a few more yes, ghosts and haunted rooms. So, yeah, there's there's reports um, of various things that are happening in the hotel and rooms, and the most famous one is room eight seven three, the disappearing room. Mm, the room no longer exists, or does it? Mm. Mm. Apparently, after years of people claiming that they were terrorised in room eight seven three, the hotel decided to seal up the room permanently. Uh, and of course, the staff claims that you know, nothing happens there. But there was a story that a man killed his whole family, his wife and daughter, before taking his own life in that room or in that area. Guests in the room have reported being awakened by screaming. When they turn on the lights, they would see bloody handprints on the mirror. 
And depending on who tells the story, the handprints either disappear mm-hmm. before hotel staff have a chance to clean them or won't come off at all. Oh, my goodness. In any case, if you visit the floor where that room should be, you will find it's completely covered and inaccessible from the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, we've, seen, we've seen videos where people are walking mm, along knocking. They at, say if you walk, yes. uh, walk along knocking along there that you'll get to a place where it sounds hollow. Yes. Where the room should have been. And people in the room on the other side keep reporting about knocking sounds within their room. <laughs> yes. Oh, so there is a ghost of a girl that has been seen. Now, I did, uh, and that, that reminded me of that story that the lady said that she saw the little girl sitting there swinging her legs mm-hmm. that I read earlier. Mm-hmm. You wonder if that's maybe the girl. But... I did find a bit of a story about that, uh, which I'm going to get to at the very end. Oh, okay. I'm going to hang on to your knickers. You tease. We'll hang on to your knickers there. All right, so there's also a very interesting photo that was taken at the Banff Springs. Um, In 1930, they took a photo of the staff that were working at the hotel, and they're all standing down these steps. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to the side, there's a picture of half a man. Mm. So, like... Yeah, not split from the head down to the mm-hmm. to the ground, mm-hmm. and it's it's sort of a bit faded and fuzzy and not quite there. So they don't know if, whether that is a ghost. Mm-hmm. And we might pop this one up on the website as well. Oh, not website. Oh, gee, now you got me doing it on our True Hauntings Facebook page, or whether it was a double exposure because this <sighs> is 1913. Yes, and they were probably reusing plates and things like that. Now there is another story. Sonia's story. Oh, Sonia's And this is story. not one you've heard. No, I haven't. Oh, see? You see? I've got it. Oh. Room 291. Now, poor old Sonia. She became paralysed by something that took her over when she was asleep in her bed. She saw a female standing there, all in white, with candles on the floor around her and a mirror in front of her. But Sonia couldn't see the woman's face. It disappeared into nothingness. So she was terrified and managed to break the hold and do a double take and it all disappeared. Mm. Guess what that was? Sleep Sleep paralysis. paralysis. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But it's terrifying when it, it happens. Terrifying. You're halfway through the dream and you're all primed up because yes. you've got the ghost stories happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So there is also a phantom room. A phantom a f- room. I've got the good stuff here. I didn't right. say the word. <laughs> good stuff. Because I've I found it recently. There's children that listen to this sometimes. <laughs> um, and uh, we've all got sent a gorgeous photo of someone's Thank baby you. in the pram who smiles when they hear our voices. Thank you for sending us that. That was so cute. Um, so we were talking about the construction errors. Yes. All right. Okay. Apparently, when they were doing the construction, they were fixing things up. They actually made a room without windows. <laughs> Oops. 
<laughs> so all they did was that they just sealed it up and um, they just forgot to talk people about it. And then that sealed up room was found years later and it became known as the Phantom Room because you're mm-hmm. talking about all the renovations mm-hmm, they were doing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, since this, this strange room has been discovered... Oh, many myths and legends oh, there, about. there is. We've now got strange sounds and quick-moving dark shadows uh-huh. and the general feeling of being haunted yes. by from anyone who steps inside the room. That would help if there are no windows. Mm-hmm. Now, let me get on to two other employees that oh. supposedly haunt the, the I'm going to say Stanley then, because this place reminds me of the Stanley mm-hmm. so much. So Sam's not the only one that's been spotted. There is a bartender. Oh, I guess. Apparently tells people to go to bed when they've had too much to drink. <laughs> I like this bartender. Oh. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever be saying that to us. We just, we never, unless Polinka's involved and Dave Schrader. <laughs> Come on, girls, you've got to give this a try. Oh. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Um, and there is also, <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd be getting the Ghostbusters in to get rid of this ghost. Um, there is a bagpiper that's often seen roaming around the grounds. <laughs> What the hell? What the hell? A random. So this is the uh, Scottish connection, obviously. I will take the high road. (laughs) You take the low road. I've got it back to front anyway. I'll be in Scotland before you. All right. Now, I'm going to go back and do a little bit of debunking here. Okay. All right. So, um, as I said, there's... just so many of the same thing repeated over and over. I really did have to dig to find some different bits and pieces in there, but I found this great post by an engineer. Mm. And of I'm, course it's an engineer. I'm married to an engineer. And look, when we have uh, ghostly things that happen or um, environmental changes that I can't explain using our equipment, I will go to Roman and I'll say, look, this has happened. Can you maybe explain it for us? And he'll always give me a right dandy explanation <laughs> of exactly how it's not a ghost. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Roman. Um, all right. So this engineer went to stay at the the hotel. Yeah. And he'd heard the story um, that there was no room 873. And when you go down the hallway and you have a look at it, it goes room 871. And then 875, with an unusually large gap in between them. Mm -hmm. Now, he's taken photos of this Mm -hmm. just to show, because this is what engineers do. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said that where the doorway should have lined up for 873, that the wallpaper is peeling. (gasps) Mm -hmm. That's the ghost. So people knock in that particular area and report hearing different sounds from where 873 should be. And it sounds like it's as if it's been bricked in or something like that. Mm -hmm. Probably the sounds that they're hearing is, shut up, stop knocking on my wall. (laughs) So uh, we were saying that the um, Alberta building code requires that every room in the hotel have some sort of floor plan. So he went and found the bloody floor plan. 
That's what engineers Good idea. do. Good idea. And uh, I saw the picture of the floor pan. Floor, bleh, 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 the floor pan. Mm. <laughs> the floor, floor plan. Um, yes. And it clearly shows that what they've done is that they have combined room 873 with the adjacent room 875 and made it into a bigger suite. So, yes, they have taken out the doorway and they have bricked it up Mm -hmm. and wallpapered over it and the wallpaper is peeling, Mm -hmm. but it shows that Mm -hmm. that's the reason why that room has stopped. So, being the engineer that he is, they went downstairs to the concierge and uh, they went and spoke to them about it and they asked and said, you know, what what about room 873? And the concierge answer was very clear, stating that – Ghost stories about room 873 are a hoax, and that was his words that he used. It was combined with room 875 during a renovation, resulting in room 875 being simply twice as big. Mm -hmm. And this has happened in many other places in the hotel, uh, which he confirmed later by walking around and having a look at some of the other rings. Rings? Wings. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I looked at the next thing and it was about the wedding. So, right. um, so the, this lovely engineer dude, um, and what was his website? So just so I can show you, it's projectengineer.net. Um, he said that the response from the concierge was clearly well-trained response and thus can assume that um, that's the hotel's official position. But... Then the concierge insisted that there are other ghost stories in the hotel, such as Sam McCauley, the bellman, and the ghost bride. And there's even a plaque, apparently, on the uh, the staircase saying that's where the bride died. Uh, and he wanted to tell the ghost stories of what happened. So the this guy thought it was really interesting that they were very adamant to say that the room 873 is a hoax story, but we have real ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And... I I wanted to see if they had ghost tours there, mm-hmm. um, and they have a walking tour, but I don't think it's a ghost tour of no, the hotel. No, it's a historic tour. Yeah, about one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And the website doesn't refer to the ghost stories, mm-hmm. uh, so these guys are clearly not interested in having their hotel. Um, become a haunted location, but it is stated it is one of the most haunted hotels in Mm -hmm. Canada, if not in the top 10 in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So... That that's that's my stories for the ghost stories, mm-hmm. Renata. And look, we've got to understand too that the owners of these hotels have changed over the years. So even though the ghost stories remain, it will depend on who owns the hotel at the time whether they want to have it as something that is part of their advertising or not. So would you say this is a haunted location? Is it a true haunting? I don't know. I would Look, like. I'd yeah. like to think that Sam was still there and and yeah. doing his thing, but um, can't trust humans either because humans will do practical jokes yeah. to to make you think that it's a ghost. And um, once again, I'd say that there's there's not much yes in the way of hauntings. And but- the the size of the building and your um, opportunity to actually be faced with that ghost while you're there is very, very minute. But 
I'll Let's go. give it an opportunity. I'll Let's go. give it a chance. We might need to do some GoFunding, go, GoFundMe's to get there. But <laughs> we, I did check out the cost of accommodation. It was around seven to $800 a night what? for a basic room. Oh, my gosh. So um, we, we may need a GoFundMe page on oh. that one, but we'll give it a crack. Um, so that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed the Banff. 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 <laughs> <laughs> have to put your teeth in, Troy, again. Springs? Yeah, Banff Springs, the Fairmont Banff Springs. So, uh, yeah. And we, if you've been, let us know. Yeah, if you've got a ghost story relating to that, let us know. Make sure you've subscribed and liked. Please go like our YouTube page. Please subscribe to that. We'd love you forever for doing that. Reach out to us on Facebook, wherever you want to. We always love hearing your stories and how much you've enjoyed the episode. And we will see you... On the dark side. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube.